Rivers Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. Now, with the book of Galatians, this letter that Paul wrote to the church, really it could be titled a defense of God's grace. But freedom from our sin being found in Jesus has everything to do with the grace God has given us so that we can have faith in what Jesus has done for us. Let's pray. Lord, we want to continue to pray for those on our prayer list in our bulletin this morning. We want to pray for Madeline Edgerton. We want to pray for those riding their bikes from Indiana to Cape Coral, Florida to raise money for Jessica Shipley, the widow of Andrew Shipley. Pray that you keep those gentlemen safe as they journey down through the rest of Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida. Lord, as a church, we want to continue to pray for our missionaries, Joy Ministry, and the Russell family so that the gospel can go forward. We want to pray for us as missionaries, for our community here. Pray that you use us to share your good news with others. We pray all of this in Jesus' name because he has made this possible. Amen. This image that you're about to look at is on a wall. This wall filled with graffiti is found in the Caribbean island of Grenada. Take a look at the writing on this wall. Mike, right there. That was the unit that he was in. Continue on down. Look at the black with the white lettering. What does that say? It says, thank you, USA, for liberating us. Here's the story as to why this writing is actually on that wall. In the fall of 1983, a coup occurred in Grenada. See, Cuban-backed communists overthrew the government. And when they did... They installed their own government on the island of Grenada. A totalitarian dictatorship is what they installed. And subsequently, the people of Grenada lost their freedom and they lost their liberty. This all happened while President Reagan was in office. So he quickly and decisively stepped into action. And a military rescue team was deployed to Grenada. In less than 24 hours, the United States freed and liberated the island nation of Grenada. Church, we've been liberated too. See, our sinfulness is like a totalitarian dictatorship over our own lives. But it's been freed and liberated by God's grace. So, 
now. The graffiti written upon the wall of our hearts reads like this. Thank you, Jesus, for liberating me. However, there is something that's unfortunate. And it has to do with what I mentioned at the outset when we're talking about this letter to the Galatians. See, ever since the first century church to our present day and age, a similar coup has been going on against God's church. Certain individuals have been, are now currently, and will continue to do into the future to do what we see happening now, and that is to teach a works-based salvation. Church, the book of Galatians was written as a defense of God's grace, the one and only true grace. And we therefore arrive at our title for this morning's sermon. And that title is this, The One and Only Gospel. The one and only gospel. And as mentioned, we are going to be in the book of Galatians. Chapter 1, starting with verse 1, going through verse 9 this morning. But we're going to be encouraged in a gift. A gift. We're going to be encouraged in a gift. A gift that cannot be earned. A gift that is unique. A gift like none other. Other. We're going to be encouraged in the gift of grace, God's gift of grace that's foundational, that is the foundation for the one and only gospel. So please follow along as I read from Galatians chapter 1, verse 1 through verse 9. Paul, an apostle not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be the glory forever and ever Amen. What an opening. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you to the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Amen. Here's all nine of those verses into one simple sentence. And this sentence is our main idea for these verses this morning. That sentence is this. The good news is explicit in that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. The good news is explicit 
in that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. Explicit. Now, most of us have heard of the expression, the smoking gun. I mean, a gun that smokes but doesn't smoke, like actually smoke, smoke. The gun is smoking, but it's a gun that doesn't actually smoke. Am I making sense? No? It doesn't make sense to you? The gun doesn't smoke, but it smokes? Okay. For those of you that haven't heard of a smoking gun before, we can, we can break this down. This expression means something. And this is what it, it means. See, when we use the expression, the smoking gun, it's something that serves as indisputable evidence or proof. Makes sense, doesn't it? Who fired the shot? Oh, it's the person holding the smoking gun. The smoke is still coming off of the barrel. We knew who fired the shot. Church, the good news of Jesus has a smoking gun. There is a smoking gun. And the smoking gun of the gospel is God's grace. Proof of our salvation is found in the, as it says, grace given to you. And we see this precisely in our first set of verses, verse 2 through verse 5. And right there it is, grace to you, our smoking gun. Grace to you. Do you notice how it doesn't say grace from you? Paul doesn't begin by saying the grace from you. He doesn't begin by saying the grace from me. No, he begins by saying grace to you. Church, grace is a gift. And no matter how hard you try, no matter the effort, no matter the hard work that you may put in, you could never earn a gift. After all, a gift that could be earned isn't a gift at all now, is it? Something that can be earned is actually called wages. You work for wages. So what you can earn in this life is death. See, you earn death, but then receive the gift of salvation through God's grace. And we know that this is true about how we can actually earn death from Romans 6.23, where Paul writes, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the free gift also goes by the name of grace, a.k.a. the smoking gun, a.k.a. the indisputable evidence of the gospel, the evidence that says you alone do not please God. However, it's the gift of your faith in Jesus that does. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the smoke coming off of the barrel. See, there is a reason as to why Paul begins like this. Because if salvation was based upon your good deeds, then there would be absolutely no peace. If, if peace was contingent upon all the good that I did myself or all the good that you did yourself, we would never find peace. 
After all, how can you have peace if you're unsure if your good works are even enough to begin with? If you're questioning whether or not you've done enough to please God, right then and there you're going to realize that peace is unachievable on your own. This is why only God's grace can lead to peace. That's why we see conflict all over the world. We've seen conflict. We see conflict currently. We will see conflict into the future. And the reason why is because the world won't accept God's grace. Which is why verse 3 ends like it does and says, And peace from God our Father in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we cannot begin to experience peace in our own lives until we first accepted God's gift a.k.a. His grace. Have you ever noticed that when you reflect upon certain memories, though, in life, they seem golden? Certain decades of the past seem like they were golden, like there's a haze over the memories that make you feel as though that they were better than what they actually were when they happened. It's almost as though things were better back in the day. We say things like they don't make them like they used to. However, we know that this isn't true. Look where Paul writes, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. See, the age was evil then, is now, and will be until the return of Jesus. In fact, this evil age is so evil that Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins, as it says. Church, do you know what this means? First, this is God's grace, the gift of Jesus and what he has done for us. Secondly, this is God's gift to all who believe in him and his work. But thirdly and finally, this means that no sin is too big for the cross. God's grace says, I'm concerned with your past. God's grace says, I am bigger than your present. God's grace says, I am your only hope of a future. Do you smell that? Does anybody smell that? Can, can, you, can you smell what I smell? Anybody else smell that? I'm being serious. You guys smell that? Ser no, seriously. Nobody smells that? You don't smell that? Nobody, nobody, I'm being serious. Nobody smells that? Nobody smells what I smell? You don't smell what I smell? I smell God's grace. And it's right there. Past, present, future. This is why Paul's writing this letter. He's defending God's grace. He's defending what I'm smelling. The smoke coming off the barrel from the gun. There is evidence. There is proof. Which is why Jesus and not us receives all. What does it say here? Glory forever and ever. Amen. By the way, this reminds me of an old slogan in my old high school weight room. On the wall it was written, Pain is temporary. Glory is forever. 
It sounded good to an 18-year-old kid thinking that he was going to get big enough to go on to college until reality sets in. I'm not talking about this 18-year-old. Okay, I am. But that slogan didn't belong on that high school weight room wall. In fact, that slogan doesn't belong on any wall or any weight room for that matter. In fact, that slogan belongs on no wall in any building anywhere. A slogan like that should only belong to Jesus. Because only he experienced the type of earthly pain that leads to eternal glory. And that brings us to our first point this morning. And that point is this. The indisputable evidence of God's truth is founded on grace. The indisputable evidence of God's truth is founded on grace. The gift of salvation. The foundation of our gospel. The message that tells us that though we deserve hell, we have an eternal future with Jesus because of the work that he has done for us. Not the work that we have done on our own, but the work that he has done for us. So we can say with confidence that the indisputable evidence of God's truth is founded on grace. And again, our main idea this morning is this. The good news is explicit in that we are saved by grace through faith. Allow me to tell you a story about a young man named Joseph. One day, Joseph went into the woods to pray. True story. Well, maybe, maybe not. What was Joseph praying about? He was praying about which church or which denomination he should join. When all of a sudden he fell into the grip of an evil power that almost overcame him. But then out of nowhere, he was rescued. And as he claimed, he was rescued by angels and by Jesus himself. See, according to Joseph, he said that they gave off a radiant light. In fact, he said it was brighter than the noonday sun. And according to Joseph, they said that he shouldn't join any of the churches. No, don't join any of the churches, Joseph, because they're all preaching the wrong doctrine. They're all wrong. We gave Joseph a first name, but we didn't share his last name. See, Joseph's last name was Smith. Joseph Smith, the same Joseph Smith that started Mormonism. This is the story of how Mormonism came to be. It all started with Joseph Smith being visited by these angels in the woods. This story, church, is a tall tale. A tall tale in which Paul warned us about. In fact, Paul warned us about Stories like this some 1,800 years prior to this account even taking place. And his warning is found in our final four verses this morning. Verses 6 through 9. Since now that we know that the indisputable evidence of God's truth is founded on grace, why would you, as it says, so quickly desert him who called you to the grace of Christ? Why would you, as it says, turn to a different gospel? Church, why would you try 
to earn a gift. Why would you try to earn something that's been given to you freely? You wouldn't, would you? You would accept the gift. See, this is why Paul begins by saying, I am astonished. Now, verse 7 clarifies verse 6. See, there really is no other gospel. It's not like there's another gospel out there. There is no other gospel. But that is the trickery and deception of false teachers. Church, we need to be rooted and grounded in God's grace. We need to understand God's grace. And we need to understand something that is very important that some of us all at certain times get tripped up with. See, we think that we can live for God's grace when really we should be living from God's grace. Because men and women ex exist who say, this, or where Paul had to say, distort the gospel of Christ. Those are those who live for the grace of God. Those who think they can do a certain amount of good to receive the grace from God. But I don't know about you, but I don't want to be accused by God as someone who distorts or twists and manipulates his gift. So if there is something we better get right if there's something that we better understand before we move forward, it's that God's grace leads to faith, which in turn leads to eternal salvation found in Jesus. And let's not forget about our illustration, the one pertaining to Joseph Smith. He in his Mormonism is the sum. You see the sum there in verse 7 where it says, but there are some who trouble you. That's our modern-day sum. Paul warned us about this 1,800 years prior to. As they have and still do, as it says, distort the gospel of Christ. How do we know that this is true, though? How can we be confident that they are the sum or they are our example, because there are many examples of this going on, but this is one major example that we can look at. Take a look at verse 8. See what verse 8 says. And now remember back to Joseph Smith in the woods. Who was it that visited Joseph Smith? An angel. Now, what does verse 8 say? Verse 8 says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. See, basically this is what's being said here. If they're preaching your grace and not the grace of God, let them experience God's anger and strong dislike. See, every religion except Christianity is based on works. It's based upon what I can do to please my deity. That's every religion except Christianity. All other religions are based on what you can do in order to please God and then therefore earn your salvation. So with that being said this morning, and as, as Mike comes up, let's compare two verses from the Bible against two verses found in the Book of Mormon. Because usually that's what you do. When you don't like what the Bible has to say, you write your own. 
And sometimes you may keep the Bible, but then, you know, parallel it with your own version of what the Bible is. So if we're going to call this out, we need to compare a verse from 2 Nephi 25-23, found in the Book of Mormon, not found in the Bible. But let me read this verse to you, and we can break this down. The Book of Mormon says this in 2 Nephi 25-23, For we know that it is by grace that we are saved. This is the deception here. Sounds like it came from the Bible, right? But then he goes on to say, after all that we can do. For we know that it is by grace that we are saved after all that we can do. Now let's observe where Joseph Smith actually stole this from. And how he added to it. So we go to Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. God's word says... For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so no one may boast. Do you recognize the difference? Do you see the difference? It's in how these verses end. 2 Nephi 25, 23 says, After all that we can do, Ephesians 2.9 says, so no one may boast. Let's face it, because after all that we can do, what would be the first thing that we would go and do? We would go and boast and brag like little kids to their parents, like, Dad, look at me, look at me, look what I can do. Dad, are you watching me? Look what I can do. Daddy, are you watching? Hey, look at me, I just saved myself. Can you tell where we got the name for our 289 class? See, we call the class 289 because it's a play off Ephesians 289. We're going through the 289 because together as we move forward, the goal is for all of us to understand God's grace. The goal is for all of us to be able to defend God's grace. So as we go through this book of Galatians, we can understand and piggyback this, or piggyback our 289 course off of this, which is actually better to piggyback off of God's word so we can all have an understanding of this gift that we've been given, this gift that we do not deserve, this gift that leads to faith in Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for calling this into my life so I can have an eternity, so I can have a hope because of what you have done for me, because I know if I did it on my own, the first thing I would go and do is brag and boast. Notice just how similar yet how different these two verses are. Church, never forget. All false teaching is really just one big fat lie with some truth sprinkled on the top. Church, just like the people of Granada, we cannot liberate ourselves. If we could, we would be forced to brag about ourselves to others. However, since we cannot earn our grace, since we cannot liberate ourselves, we're forced to brag about the name of Jesus and who he is and what he has done for us. Also, 
We cannot lead astray or be led astray by the wafting of the smoke coming off of the barrel of God's smoking gun, a.k.a. the evidence, the indisputable evidence of our salvation and His good news, and that is grace, the gift. And this is something God takes very, very, very seriously. If not, then why would Paul have to repeat himself in verse 8 and verse 9? That those who manipulate His grace, those who twist His grace, those who take from and add to His grace will be cursed. Two times. We cannot get this wrong. It is simple. We accept the gift given freely that Jesus left heaven, went to the cross, was crucified, buried, and raised from the dead so that all of humanity who places their faith in him can have and receive eternal lives. And this brings us to our second and final point this morning. And that point is this. It's simple. Playing games with God's grace is bad for your health. It's that simple. You want to play games with God's grace? It's bad for your health. Your physical health, your spiritual health, and most importantly, your eternal health. Playing games with God's grace is bad for your health. And let's not forget our first point. The indisputable evidence of God's truth is founded on grace. Amen? Let's not neglect our main idea for these verses this morning. And especially as we kick off going through this whole book of Galatians. The good news is explicit in that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, Teach us to humble ourselves in such a way that we can appreciate more and more each day this grace freely given to us. I want to pray for us as we go through the rest of Galatians that we can be encouraged to live out your grace. That we can learn better to live from and not for your grace. I pray that we as a church can share this good news with others, with those who do not know we pray all of this in the name of Jesus who makes all of it possible. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.